October 6, 2019, at Louisville United Methodist Church. World Communion Sunday. The scripture comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19, verses 13 through 15, from the Common English Bible. Some people brought children to Jesus so that he would place his hands on them and pray. But the disciples scolded them. Allow the children to come to me, Jesus said. Don't forbid them, because the kingdom of heaven belongs to people like these children. Then he blessed the children and went away from there. It was a pre-World War II world when Dr. Kerr first conceived of the idea of a World Communion Sunday. A morning celebrating together the Eucharist as a representation of unity and ecumenical cooperation. It was a world unaware of the impending anti-Semitism, the genocide, the tearing apart of Mother Earth's and humanity's flesh by atomic bombs. It was a world unaware of military and political and national unrest that would wash across the world over and over again as waves. Korea, Vietnam, Germany, Bosnia-Herzegovina, Rwanda, Syria, Israel, Palestine. It was a world unaware of the upcoming civil rights movement and the AIDS epidemic. It was a world unaware of the future of evangelicalism and nationalism both in the USA and abroad. Dr. Kerr attended the General Assembly for the Presbyterian Church in 1930 as a moderator, and he came away believing that we needed to recognize the reconciling power of Jesus Christ and the way that interconnected Christians, that it interconnected Christians across denominational lines and national borders. The teachings of a Jewish man were compelling enough for fishermen to leave their nets in the water and to leave their families and their homes. The teachings were compelling enough for Roman soldiers and aristocrats to question their beliefs and their support of the empire that actually filled their coffers. The teachings were compelling enough that both the church and the state agreed that the Jewish man that was teaching that the last shall be first and the first shall be last needed to be executed. And Dr. Kerr believed that the message of Jesus, even in the nuances of Orthodox and Catholicism and Protestantism in our hundreds of denominations within Protestantism, was, like humanity, a compelling message of unity and similarity and community. It's human nature. It's studied in psychology fields that we humans love to organize. Maybe not the colors of our dirty laundry or the important papers that come in the mail, but we are experts at sorting and dividing and separating groups of humans. The children's game, Guess Who, is actually based solely on that concept. Every character either has glasses or does not. Every character either has a hat or does not. Every character either has freckles or does not. 
And with each question that the children ask, they have the potential of eliminating up to half of the characters on the board to find their suspect. Boom, boom, boom. In or out. And let's be honest. Once we have everyone organized into their categories, we like to make sure that every group knows where they belong. This place is for the educated. That place is for the upper middle class. Over there is for the people who speak the same language as me. And this space is for adults only. Jesus sure made a mess of these organization techniques. Over time, our orthodoxy, our Catholicism, our Protestantism, we've taken some fairly significant steps backwards. But over and over and over again, Jesus taught that nations and institutions and large groups and organized religion were wrong to separate. Walls are meant to be torn down. Tables are meant to be made a little bit longer. Swords are meant to be beaten into plowshares. Whenever you have a clear idea of who is in and who is out, we should smudge that line and draw the circle just a little bit wider. Yes, it was messy for Jesus. It was really for those disciples who kept getting it wrong. And gosh, it gets messy here in spaces that lift up Jesus' name as part of the triune God. I think because on our worst days, we're all type A. We like to be in control. We want to know what's going to happen and the outcomes. If we control who is invited to the dinner party, we can assure ourselves that there won't be an outbreak of conversation and disagreement about why vegans are wrong or why carnivores are wrong. <laughs> if we control who comes to the dinner party, we know that everybody there will use appropriate table manners. We know no one will overstay that gracious after-dinner drink. An open table comes with unpredictability. Open doors come with unexpected guests. And open hearts come with falling in love when it wasn't wanted or expected or desired. And yet the Jesus that we worship, the Jesus we study, the Jesus that we try to follow said, welcome the sick, welcome the beggars, welcome the haughty, Welcome the Roman soldiers. Welcome the tax collectors. Welcome the possessed. Welcome the Pharisees. And when the disciples thought they had it all figured out, Jesus said, welcome the children too. Let the children come to me. Stop trying to decide who is in and who is out. Stop trying to decide who is worthy and who is not. Stop trying to decide who is clean and who is unclean. The women are welcome. The lepers are welcome. The broken and the lonely and the wealthy and the self-righteous, they are all welcome. And even the children. Welcome those with runny noses who never cover their mouths when they cough. <laughs> Welcome those who climb on me, or as they try and put my hair up, they just pull it a lot. <laughs> Welcome the infants with the stinky diapers, or who can't seem to calm down no matter how much we shush, or we rock them, or we pat their back. Welcome the walkers, and the talkers, and the laughers, and the criers. 
The beauty of this morning's gospel is it's one of the stories that comes in all three of the synoptic gospels. You find it in Matthew and in Mark and in Luke. And I like to consider those stories. They're like, hey, this was important enough to be written for three different communities. It's probably one your community should pay attention to as well. People had heard about this man healing and feeding and loving, and they decided to take their children to meet him. Maybe he could touch them. Maybe he could bless them. Maybe he could give them an opportunity to know God in a way they never had before. And the disciples, as we so often do, said, this is for adults. We can't just let anyone in. And Jesus says, Let the little children come to me. I wish I had used the story from Mark instead of Matthew. The story in the Gospel of Mark keeps going. Jesus admonishes the disciples and says, When I say all are welcome, I mean all are welcome. And then continues on for all within earshot. May you approach your relationship with me with the heart and the mind of a child. For in doing so, by letting yourself be innocent, by allowing yourself to be playful, by allowing yourself to be one of society's proverbial bottom rungs, in doing that, you will enter into the kingdom of God. This is our call. We are called to continue to include those we think just couldn't belong here and to serve them, and to find joy in this experience of God's love with us and through us and even in spite of us. It's not easy. As I mentioned, it's against our nature. Even when we draw a large circle and show those closest to us how large we've drawn our circle, how we included people that those people excluded, It never fails. If nothing else, our circle almost always excludes those people who were doing it wrong. (laughs) People that we were judging and comparing ourselves to. Or it excludes a marginalized group that simply was in our blind spot, that just wasn't at the front of our mind, and we don't always take the intentionality to include them. We miss the refugees or... We miss the incarcerated, or we miss the children. We can talk about how the world is changing. We can talk about how people talk differently, and there's different words that are appropriate or compassionate, and they're different than words that we used to use. We can talk about how people share and express their identity differently, and it makes us uncomfortable because you can't tell who's a woman and who's a man or you can't tell who they like or who they don't like, or we can't tell what their religion is from their culture versus their heritage or their ethnicity. We can talk about how it's a different world, and it is changing, and it's changing fast. But we cannot deny that the stories of Jesus have remained the same for 2,000 years. We are invited to let his words and teachings transform us, to align our hearts and our minds, our words and our actions with a lifestyle that includes, that feeds, 
that clothes, and that loves the other. Bless you. And once we have done that, may we draw the circle wider. For it is in those moments that we become more like the children that were coming to Jesus. And may we be so blessed as we continue to love and draw that circle wider and try and try again to enter into the kingdom of God over and over and over again. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We encourage you to learn more about the Louisville United Methodist Church through our website and social media. You can find letters from our pastor, additional sermons, and more information about who we are and if you would like to join us at louisvilleumc.org. You can also find us on Facebook at louisvilleumc.org and on Instagram at louisville underscore umc. Thank you and have a great day.